Well, good morning. So good to see you today here in the auditorium. Welcome to everyone who's watching in the venue and those watching online at carneyefree.com. Wasn't that great to see those updates fall from Chicago and Columbia? Yeah, it was wonderful. That green church that you saw Pastor Sherpa speaking in front of is the church that you all built with your generous donations about four years ago, which is up and running now, both as a community center for the children in that community as well as a church and uh, a place of great blessing throughout the week. So thank you for uh, your work um, as we continue to partner with Columbia, and we hope to be sending mission teams down there again sometime soon, Lord willing, as we travel through this pandemic and all of that, and back to Chicago as well. We uh, so, so grateful for those mission partners though, that we have. Hey, my name is Adrian, and I'm one of the pastors here at Carney E. Free. Up on stage with me right now is my dear brother, Pastor Pablo, and Pastor Pablo Dominguez is the pastor of our bilingual ministry, which meets at 11 o'clock over in the chapel, and then my dear brother, Jairo Rosa, and uh, Jairo's a, a good, good friend and a leader in this church, and he frequently provides translation for Pastor Pablo over in the bilingual ministry, and he's gonna do that for us a bit today as well. Uh, today's a different kind of Sunday, as Matt already noted at the beginning of the service. And if you're a newcomer here, we don't do this every week. You came on just the right day. Uh, today, we're gonna have a little bit of translation, at least of Pastor Pablo's message, uh, his portion of the message. Pastor Pablo and I are gonna kind of co-teach this message today out of John chapter four. This is our next message in the series, The Gospel of John, a Mark It Up series. And we're in John four, verses four through 27 today, if you wanna follow along. And uh, I've asked Pastor Pablo if he would read this for us in Spanish, and you will see the translation up on the screen with subtitles in English. You can read along in English in your Bible as well. And then I'm gonna uh, teach for a bit, and then Pastor Pablo's gonna lead us teaching for a bit as well. You ready to have fun this morning? Come on, y'all. You ready to have fun this morning? Yeah. This is gonna be a great day. This is gonna be a great day. Would you lead us, brother? Thank you. <laughs> um, muchas gracias, Adrián, por permitirnos estar aquí esta mañana. I wanna thank Adrian for allowing us to be here this morning. Y pues me gustaría compartir con ustedes esta lectura de Juan capítulo 4. And I just want to share that scripture with you guys in John chapter 4. En la pantalla. And you can follow along in the screen. Comenzaré en el versículo 4. We'll start in verse 4. Como tenía que pasar por Samaria, llegó a un pueblo llamado, llegó a un pueblo samaritano llamado Sicar, cerca del terreno de Jacob que le había dado a su hijo José. Allí estaba el pozo de Jacob. Jesús, fatigado del camino, se sentó junto al pozo. Era cerca del mediodía. Sus discípulos habían ido al pueblo a comprar comida. En eso llegó a sacar agua una mujer de Samaria y Jesús le dijo, dame un poco de agua. Pero como los judíos no usan nada en común con los samaritanos, la mujer le respondió, ¿cómo se te ocurre pedirme agua si tú eres judío y yo soy samaritana? Si supieras lo que Dios puede dar, y conocieras lo que te está, eh, quién te está pidiendo agua, contestó Jesús. Tú le habrías pedido a él y él te habría dado agua que da vida. Señor, ni siquiera tienes con qué sacar agua y el pozo es muy hondo. ¿De dónde pues va a sacar esa agua que da vida? ¿Acaso eres tú superior a nuestro padre Jacob 
que nos dio este pozo del cual bebieron él, sus hijos y su ganado? Todo el que beba de esta agua volverá a tener sed, respondió Jesús. Todo el que beba, pero el que beba del agua que yo le daré no volverá a tener sed jamás, sino que dentro de él esta agua se convertirá en un manantial que brotará vida eterna. Señor, dame de esa agua para que no vuelva a tener sed ni venga aquí a sacarla. Ve a llamar a tu esposo y vuelve a casa. Le dijo Jesús, no tengo esposo, respondió la mujer. Bien has dicho que no tienes esposo. Es cierto que has tenido cinco y el que ahora tienes no es tu esposo. Esto has dicho con verdad. Señor, me doy cuenta que tú eres profeta. Nuestros padres antepasados adoraron en este monte, pero ustedes los judíos dicen que el lugar donde debemos adorar está en Jerusalén. Créeme, mujer, que se acerca la hora en que ni en este monte ni en Jerusalén adorarán ustedes al Padre. Ahora ustedes adoran lo que no conocen. Nosotros adoramos lo que conocemos porque la salvación proviene de los judíos. Pero se acerca la hora y ha llegado ya en que los verdaderos adoradores rendirán culto al Padre en espíritu y en verdad, porque así quiere el Padre que sean los que le adoran. Dios es espíritu y quienes lo adoran deben hacerlo en espíritu y en verdad. Sé que viene el Mesías al, al que llaman el Cristo, respondió la mujer. Cuando Él venga nos explicará todas las cosas. Ese soy yo, el que habla contigo, le dijo Jesús. En esto llegaron sus discípulos y se sorprendieron de verlo hablando con una mujer, aunque ninguno preguntó qué pretendes, de qué hablas con ella. Amen. Thank you, brother. You are welcome. The disciples come back to Sychar in Samaria and they see Jesus talking to this woman and they're shocked by it, but nobody says anything. They don't say it, but they thought it. What in the world is this man, our teacher, Jesus, doing talking to this Samaritan woman? Today, Pastor Pablo and I want to focus with you on really just one verse, John 4, verse 4, and then we'll kind of unpack this story a little bit from verse 4. But John 4, 4 says this. It says, Jesus had to go through Samaria. That's an interesting statement because Jesus really didn't have to go through Samaria. The, the disciples didn't have to go through Samaria. In fact, It was common practice for Jews of the day to completely go around Samaria when they were going from Judea in the south of Israel up to Galilee in the north of Israel, which was Jesus' home base for ministry. Typically, what Jews would do as they were going from Galilee to Judea or from Judea to Galilee is this. They would travel just to the west of the Jordan River and then go around Samaria that way in order to get to Galilee. Or even more, sometimes they would travel to the east of the Jordan River that you see up on the screen into that region called the Decapolis. 
in order to get back to Samaria. It would be kind of like you saying, uh, I need to go to Oklahoma City, so I'm going to go through Missouri. Because you know those Kansans, you just cannot trust those Kansans. Uh, what, what was it? What was it exactly about these Samaritans that they said, we cannot trust them, we cannot go through their land? Uh, Samaria was like the inner city. Or Samaria was like the rural countryside, whichever one invokes your personal fears. It was the other side of the tracks, and Jews dislike Samaritans, and Samaritans dislike Jews, and so they avoid each other even to the point of going to Oklahoma City around Kansas. Why were they doing that? Because there was this level of fear that they had toward one another, this level of, these people are less than my kind of people. And so Jesus had to go through Samaria, not because he had to. He had to go through Samaria because God loves Samaria. He had to go through Samaria because God loves people in Israel, but he also loves the Gentiles in Samaria and people of every different nation. God loves you and God loves me and God loves people all over this world. He had to go through Samaria in order to reconcile two groups of people, Jews and Samaritans, who for several hundred years were like this, at logger jams with one another. You see, God loves Jews and God loves Gentiles too, amen? I really hope you say amen to that because you're a Gentile. Almost all of us in this room are Gentiles. I'm so grateful that Jesus chose to come to the other side of the tracks where we live. He came to our side of the tracks when he did not need to come to the other side of tracks, which is our side of the tracks. He chose to come to the inner city and come for us Gentiles. Now the disciples go into town and they come back to Jacob's well and they are shocked by what they see from Jesus because he's talking to a woman and Jewish leaders were never supposed to talk to a woman. And number two, she's that kind of woman. She's a woman with a reputation. She's had five husbands and now she's living with a sixth man. And Jews especially were not supposed to talk to that kind of woman. And number three, perhaps most of all, they are shocked, they are scandalized that he's talking to a Samaritan. You see, Jews of the day called Samaritans dogs. That was their word for them. And their tension between these two groups, these two ethnicities, goes back some 600 years. It goes back to the exile period when Israel was exiled into Assyria and then into Babylon. And during that time, some of the Jews chose to intermarry with Assyrians and Babylonians. And from them, their descendants became Samaritans. And so 600 years later, fast forward, you have this 600-year-old grudge in which Jews see Samaritans as half-breed traitors, mixed-race traitors, and Samaritans start to hate Jews because of that, and they don't even go into one another's land. Indeed, they worship on completely different mountains and completely different temples because of this new ethnic strife, a 600-year-old grudge. You think your grudges are bad. 600-year-old grudge. 
And I think Jesus teaches this story, he includes this in the scriptures, I believe God includes this in the scriptures in order to tell us that there's no such thing as my kind of people, or your kind of people, or any kind of people. There's only human kind of people. So Jesus is unashamed to be with the Samaritan woman, and after they've been interacting for a while, she sees that he is a loving and gracious teacher. She sees that he is compassionate and kind. And so uh, she says this, verse 19, Sir, I can see that you are a prophet. I, I mean, you've said everything about me. I can see you are a prophet but, but here's the deal, sir. Here's the deal, teacher. Our ancestors worshiped on this mountain in Gerizim. But you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem, that our worship is not even valid because we do it in Gerizim instead of Jerusalem. Do you hear that division there? In fact, in the Greek, it doesn't even say, you Jews. It says, you people which is a racial slur if there ever was one. You people won't even allow us to worship at the temple in Jerusalem. You have two temples. You have two people. You have two cultures. You have two churches that are developing here with a great kind of division in the midst of them. Does this sound familiar at all to you today? Yeah, like, is there any relation between this and what's happening in the United States today? Come on, can I get a witness? Uh, this is where we are in America today. And we, like Jews and Samaritans some 2,000 years ago, we are so desperately in need of something to bind us together again. Uh, years ago, I had the wonderful opportunity to hear one of my absolute favorite Bible teachers, a man named Dr. Tony Evans. I went to a pastor's conference, a, pastor's keep, or a, a, a promise keeper's pastor's conference. Say that several times fast. Um, uh, a Promise Keepers Pastors Conference. And uh, he's a beautiful Bible teacher. And uh, he was preaching on this passage. I don't remember well what he said, but I do remember he talked in that message about Jesus being the emulsifier for Jews and Samaritans. Say that word with me. Emulsifier. 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 Let's hear emulsifier. you in the venue. Emulsifier. Okay, I heard you, venue. Thank you. Okay. Jesus is talking about the church being this emulsifier for Jews and Samaritans. What's an emulsifier? An emulsifier is something that's able to bond together two things that are not able to naturally be bonded together on their own. So you have two things like oil and water, and oil and water cannot come together no matter what you do to them. Like you, you, you can stir them up, you can beat them up, you can dice them up, you can even put them in a blender and they still won't come together, will they? You need some kind of emulsifier that's able to bind them together. Now, Pablo, I like to have sandwiches. This sandwich is delicious, it's got cheese, it's got turkey, it's got ham, it's got all the good stuff, but I like to have mayonnaise on my sandwich. Me too. Yeah. And thank you for contributing. Yep. <laughs> I like to have mayonnaise on my, sorry, I get to talking and then I have a hard time stopping. You know that. Okay, I like to have mayonnaise on my sandwich, but you cannot have mayonnaise without something else that would bind oil and water together. An egg is what goes into oil and water and binds it together such that I can have this delicious mayonnaise on my sandwich and really enjoy this sandwich. And what we need today, Pablo, 
is an emulsifier to bind the church back together again. Back in that day, Jews and Samaritans needed an emulsifier to bind them together again. They were like oil and water. They did not mix. And so Jesus enters into the scene, and he tries to explain for his disciples and for this Samaritan woman that I am the Messiah of God who has come to bring your people together. And that's what America needs right now as well. Black and white and Hispanic and Asian are at this place in our nation right now. We're like this. And we developed a level of fear toward each other and we're scared of one another and sometimes we think of each other as less than and we're kind of like oil and water that needs an egg and emulsifier to bond us together. And I want to tell you though this morning that we have an emulsifier and his name is Jesus Christ. It is the blood of Jesus Christ that is able to bind us together across our ethnicities such that we can be unified in the midst of our beautiful diversity which God has made and he intends to bless us through. Unity with our beautiful diversity. God intends that we who have received the blood of Jesus would be the emulsifier for this very divided world. I got just one point that you got to hold on to here from this morning, at least for me. Pastor Pablo has a couple others. But my one point, though, this morning is this. Multi-ethnic appreciation. This is what God wants. God wants multi-ethnic appreciation. We don't have multi-ethnic appreciation in many sectors of America today. Multi-ethnic appreciation naturally occurs as we spend time in Samaria listening to and learning from stories that are different than our own. Look with me at verse 7, and you'll see how Jesus was an emulsifier for Jews and Samaritans in this moment. Again, he's in Samaria. He's on the other side of the tracks. He's in North Omaha, and he loves it. He's in Lexington, and he loves it. He's not making fun of it. He's right there in it. He loves it. And he says to this woman, as he gets to know her family, as he gets to know their, her culture a little bit, as he gets to know her soul, soul to soul, he connects with her and he says, dear woman, may I please have a drink of water? He exposes his humanity and he vulnerably asks this woman, I'm thirsty, I'm tired from a long journey. May I please have a sip from your cup as you draw from Jacob's well? And she responds to him, what? You're gonna, you're gonna ask me for a drink of water? But unless Jesus went onto her turf and put his Jewish lips to her Samaritan cup, he could not have impacted her life. Do you see? Unless we go onto another person's turf and hear their stories and eat their foods and touch their culture and listen, we cannot impact anybody's life. Friends, if you're at odds with someone today, it could be someone from the same culture. It could be someone from another culture. If you're developing some kind of prejudice toward 
any kind of people today, here's my recommendation. Get on their turf and start listening. Don't assume, just listen. Don't say you already know what they believe. Listen to their stories, their cultural pain, their history. Listen to their stories. And what inevitably happens is friendship develops. Right, my brother? Yeah. Friendship develops, and friendship overcomes prejudice every time. Friendship overcomes prejudice every time. I, I know many Christians today, it drives me nuts, I know many Christians today who want to talk about unity. I, I know many Christians today who want to sing about unity. I, I know many Christian pastors today who want to preach about unity. But I know scarce few Christians today who are willing to take a bold step into Samaria, walk into someone else's turf, and learn about their stories, develop friendships that would be unifying. And this is what Jesus is calling us to in this very passage. To walk into Samaria, to fight against whatever prejudices that we might be developing. I, I, I see sometimes today the problem is racism, occasionally, and if that's a problem, then you simply acknowledge it and you repent of it, as we know God hates that. But I see that more frequently what's going on today in America, as I observe people of all different ethnicities, well, what I see is we just don't know each other. We're just not spending time together with people who are different than us, listening to their stories, and so we develop an, a narrative about one another. We need to get in the flesh with one another not on TV, but, but in the flesh. Because the simple truth is, we tend to dehumanize what we do not know. And we all do this, every group. We dehumanize what we do not know. We look at a distance and we either dehumanize or we idolize. And this is exactly what was going on, but between Jews and Samaritans. Jews literally, you, you wanna know what, what they called Samaritans? Dogs. They said they're less than people. And sadly, this is happening even today. Like in Myanmar right now, the Hmong majority, the radical Hmong majority is calling the Rohingya minority animals. You know that across a lot of American history, there have been some whites who have called some blacks monkeys. You know that in this last year, there have been numerous Chinese who have been called coronavirus. We should grieve that. We should lament that. As followers of Christ, that should make us cry. Instead, what we do, instead of looking at people far from a distance, is we get up close with them. And we learn their stories, we get on their turf, and as you get on someone else's turf and you learn stories that they're different than your own, you neither idolize people and put them on a pedestal, nor do we dehumanize people, but we humanize them. We realize they're just like us, longing for the same things though, that we are longing for. We all have a Samaria of some kind to intentionally walk into. And what I want to say today is that time on their turf, learning from their stories, helps us to appreciate the beauty that God has created. We simply go to Samaria and we learn from one another, and we have an opportunity to do that in this church right down the hall with our bilingual ministry. 
The substance that made these divided people united was nothing less than Jesus himself. And I am firmly convinced that today in America, more than any other time in my life, the one thing that can unite us across all of our diversity is the blood of Jesus Christ. And it's the church of Jesus Christ that's called to be that emulsifier that is able to bring us together. That's enough from me. I went over my time. Okay. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. <laughs> uh, but pa Pablo, j just share with our church a little bit here this morning. Um, from your perspective as a Mexican-American who leads in two cultures simultaneously, um, why did Jesus have to go through Samaria? In, in your opinion, what stands out to you from this passage that Jesus had to take his disciples through Samaria? Okay, thank you, Adrian. Thank you, Haydon, for to help me. <laughs> bueno, hay dos cosas que yo puedo notar en este pasaje. Well, there are two things in this passage that really stands out to me. Primero hay una situación real. First of all, there's a real situation. Y esta situación tiene que ver con lo que el texto revela. And this situation has everything to do with what the text reveals. Y Jesús va a dejar sorprendido a más de uno, inclusive a la mujer con la que está hablando. And Jesus is going to surprise everyone, including the woman who he's speaking to and the disciples. Porque la situación nos va a revelar que no hay lazos comunitarios. Because this situation is going to real, reveal that there's a lack of community ties here. Estos no son posibles por la división que ya has descrito, Adrián. This is not possible, a real community is not possible because of the divisions that are in place. Pero Jesús va a tomar un tiempo para cruzar por este lugar. But Jesus is going to take some time to go through this place. Porque tiene una misión que cumplir. Because he has a mission there. En el capítulo 3 podemos encontrar a, a Jesús hablando con un hombre importante. Or in chapter 3 we see Jesus talks to a very important man. Nicodemo. Nicodemus. Era un hombre de la clase alta. He was a man of a high class. No sé de qué lado de las vías viviría, pero vivía bien. I don't know on what side of the tracks he was from, but he was from the good side, apparently. <laughs> Recto y moralmente. He was disciplined and moral. Un líder reconocido. A well-known leader. Con este tipo de personas no hay problema acercarse. With this type of people, there's no problem getting close to them. Bueno, a mí me gusta acercarme también. Aprendo. Well, I like those kind of people too because I learned from them. Pero en el capítulo 4, Jesús va a poner una situación totalmente diferente. But in chapter 4, we see a complete different situation. Va a cruzar para llegar a Galilea. He's going to cross through Samaria to get to Galilee. Y mientras va andando, se sienta junto a un pozo al llegar a Samaria. And when he gets to Samaria there, he sits at this well. Y comienza una conversación con una mujer. And he starts this conversation with this woman. La reacción por lo que ya hemos escuchado. The reaction which we already heard from Pastor Adrian. El versículo 9 lo describe muy bien. Verse 9 just describes it excellent. ¿Cómo se te ocurre pedirme agua tú que eres judío y yo soy una mujer samaritana? says, you are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? El discurso era constante en estas comunidades. 
the talk was just this uh, in that community. De que era imposible que hubiera lazos comunitarios. That it was impossible for these two groups of people to come together. Y aquí la, la mujer lo deja bien claro. And the woman here lays it out completely clear. Podemos ver esta imagen. We can see this picture. Cuando se sacaba el agua del pozo era, era un recipiente. When the water was drawn from the well with a bucket, no tenían vasos desechables como nosotros. They, they just didn't have this disposable cups like we do nowadays. Pero ellos usaban algo para sacar del cántaro. But they used to draw with this bucket from the well. Agua para dar a los demás. And that water they used to share with others. Y con ese sacaban más agua para que los demás tomaran. And with that same bucket they repeated this process. Pero eso no era permitido para los samaritanos. But that was not permitted for Samaritans. Y para los judíos. And for the Jews, los lazos estaban rotos. The community ties were not there to esta, share. Esta mujer proviene de un grupo rechazado por los judíos. That woman just comes from a group that was rejected. Pero además, but also, su propia comunidad la margina. Her own people marginalized her and rejected her. La rechaza. They completely reject her. Así es que encontramos a una mujer en esta situación. And that's how we find this woman in this same situation. Esto es la exclusión de alguien en su máxima expresión. This is exclusion to the max, a social outcast. A la luz de esto, in light of this, queda claro que en esta situación no hay lazos comunitarios. We can see here that there's no authentic community. Y podemos quizás concluir en esta parte, en esta pregunta que me haces, Adrián. And we can conclude from the question that Adrian asked me. Que es posible que en la mente de los discípulos. That it is possible that in the disciples' mind. La misión a Samaria. The mission to Samaria. Tenía que ver únicamente con cómo llegamos más rápido a Galilea. In their minds, it was just the quickest route. En lugar de dar Toda la vuelta mejor cruzan por ahí. It was logical for them that obviously we're not going around, but we're just going to cut straight through and just get there faster. Eso es lo único que podían entender ellos. This is the only things that could occur to the disciples. Sin embargo, Jesús. However, Jesus. Está mostrando esta situación. He's showing this situation. A sus discípulos para que vean cuál es la condición. He wants to show his disciples, the exact condition in Samaria. Con relación a la pregunta de por qué Dios nos permite o nos conduce por nuestra Samaria. And this is all in relationship of why Jesus wants to take us through Samaria. Bueno, Jesús sabe lo que está haciendo y tiene que ir por Samaria porque hay que restaurar los lazos en la comunidad. Well, Jesus knows what he's doing and everything he does is with a purpose and he knows that he has to restore the community ties in Samaria. En el corazón de este pasaje, la misión a Samaria in the very heart of this message, the mission to Samaria tiene que ver con una lección para los discípulos has everything to do with a lesson for the disciples. Pero no solo para los de aquel tiempo. But not only but just for the disciples in that time. Para nosotros hoy. But for us also. Que nos de, llamamos seguidores de Jesús. Us that consider ourselves to be followers of Jesus. Porque el Señor no solo es capaz de salvar. Because Christ is just not capable of saving. He Tam does more. También es capaz de restaurar los lazos en la comunidad. He's also capable of bringing communities together. 
Como pastor del ministerio bilingüe, like the pastor from our bilingual ministry yo here, puedo ver que nosotros somos como una pequeña Samaria. I can see that we are a small Samaria. Y ese es un grandioso grupo multicultural y multietnico. And it's a grand multicultural ethnic group that we have. Mire, no solo hablamos español, también se habla inglés. Look, we just don't speak Spanish, we also speak English. Tenemos variedad de naciones. We have a variety of nationalities. Pero con diferentes costumbres y culturas. And all with different customs and cultures. Tenemos gente de toda América. We have people from all over America. Incluyendo de Nebraska. And people from Nebraska too. <laughs> Llegan allí con nosotros. They come there uh, to the bilingual service with us. Y quiero tomar esta oportunidad para decirte que tú también eres bienvenido. I want to take this time to tell you that you're also welcome. Puedes visitar esta pequeña Samaria. You can visit our small Samaria. Puedes cruzar por allí. You can cross right past through there. Y conocer personas que son diferentes and get to learn about people who are different than you. Es un grupo multicultural. That's a multicultural group. Donde Jesús no solo está trayendo salvación. Jesus is not only bringing salvation. Está trayendo reconciliación, restauración He's bringing reconciliation, restoration to our communities. Tenemos gente del Salvador. We have people from El Salvador, Venezuela, Venezuela, Colombia. They all translate <laughs> Sigue. Gracias. Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. México. Mexico. Perú. Peru. Y también de República Dominicana, hermano. And also from the Dominican Republic. Oh, los dominicanos tienen frases muy bonitas. Oh, we have some nice phrases from the Dominican Republic. <laughs> En un sentido, in a sense, Samaria está aquí en los Estados Unidos. Samaria is right here in the United States. Samaria está aquí ahora en Nebraska. Samaria is right here in Nebraska. Samaria está en Kearney. Samaria is right here in Kearney. Samaria está en Kearney Free Church. Mm. Samaria is right here in Kearney E Free Church. El valor que para Dios tienen las comunidades multietnicas. God values multi-ethnic groups. Tiene que ver con el amor y el respeto que tenemos unos a otros. And it has everything to do with the love that he has and that should compel us to also love like Jesus does and respect like Jesus respects. Y, y una de, un momento que en mi mente quedó grabada como un mexicano, como un latino. And there was something that I never forgot as a a Latin American man, there's something I never forgot. Quiero, quiero en esta historia. I just want to share this piece of story with you. Yo a Dave Malone. I was looking for Dave Malone. Y ya lo and I found him. Dave Malone, uno de los ancianos de la iglesia. Dave Malone is one of the elders at the church. Un domingo vino a la, al ministerio bilingüe. During a Sunday service, he went to the bilingual ministry. Y nos dio la bienvenida. And he just welcomed us. Y nos habló varias cosas. And he talked about various things. Honestamente, Dave, no recuerdo todo lo que dijiste. But honestly, I don't remember anything you said. <laughs> Pero sí recuerdo. But I do remember. Que estuviste con nosotros. That you were with us. Te sentaste a nuestro lado. That you sat next to us. Nos mostraste amor. 
that you showed us love Nos and you showed us respect. Y eso mi and that captured my heart. Es te amado y Because it's very emotionally binding when you feel loved and accepted. Es que Jesús pase. That Jesus crosses through Nebraska. Es que Jesús pase por Carney. It is necessary that Jesus crosses through Carney. Because there's a Samaria right here. Es que Jesús siga por Carney, It's very necessary that Jesus continues to travel through Carney Free Church. Gracias por abrir su corazón. Thank you for opening your hearts. Quiero terminar. I want to finish. Retomando lo que Adrián provocándonos hambre hizo. Recapturing uh, with the sandwich that he has provoked me with. Sandwich, sandwich es algo muy de aquí. Sandwich is a very American thing. <laughs> y me gusta la mayonesa también. And I love mayo as well. Pero algo multietnico lo podemos ver de esta manera. But there's something multi-ethnical that we can uh, provide here with the sandwich. ¿A quién le gusta agregarle pepinillos al sandwich? Who likes to add jalapenos or... Pepinillos. Pepinillos, pickles. 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 <laughs> He said jalapenos yesterday, so... <laughs> Pero agrégale un poco de aguacate. But put a little avocado. Y va a empezar a agarrar un sabor diferente. And the flavor and the taste is just y a little si different. Y si experimentar algo ya más, más fuerte. And if you want to experiment something a little stronger. Aquí traje los jalapeños. Now he has the jalapeños. <laughs> Ponle una rebanadita de jalapeño y este sándwich. Just put a slice of jalapeños in this sandwich. Lo vamos a bautizar hoy. We'll baptize it today. Será un... <laughs> Sandwich multietnico. It will be a multi-ethnic <laughs> sandwich. Gracias, hermanos, hermanas. Thank Gracias, you, really. Adrián. Thank you, Adrian. Porque esto, de esto se trata la misión. Because this is what the mission is all about. De aprender unos de otros. To learn from one another. Jesús sigue restaurando los lazos. Jesus continues to bring community ties together. No solamente con el Padre. Not just with the Father, también entre nuestra comunidad, but also with people in our community. Bendito sea Dios por ello. Praise be to God. Gracias. The man can preach. <laughs> You can hear him any Sunday you want, 11 o'clock, over in the chapel. Our church might get smaller in here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, bless you, brother. Thank you. Let's pray. Oh, Father, we thank you for the many gifts that we have here at Carney Free. We're so grateful for your great love for us in Jesus Christ, that you came to us right where we are. We are the Samaritans, and you came to us. You love all that you have made. Father, we thank you for every group of people in this room. We thank you for all the different variety that we have. We thank you for the diversity that you have made. And we ask, God, that you grow us in a deep, deep sense of appreciation for one another. 
Father, we have all kinds of opportunities to go on mission to our Samaria, both here at Kearney Free, in the town of Kearney, in Nebraska, to Chicago, to Columbia, and elsewhere. And in it all, we, we want to praise you, we want to be used by you, and we confess that we need more of Christ to be the instruments of love and unity that you want us to be. You've made us all to be ambassadors, to be reconcilers for the cause of Christ, and you haven't left us on our own. You've given us the blood of Jesus to be able to do so. And we thank you, it's the blood of Jesus that gives us unity beyond all of our diversity. It's the transcendent blood of Jesus that brings us together. Father, we know that heaven is going to be really, really diverse. And so, so we ask that through the Holy Spirit's power in us, you would help our church to be more diverse. You would grow us in a love and appreciation for one another that we might become a little bit more like heaven is even today. We know that means going into Samaria, learning each other's stories, spending time on one another's turf, listening to and respecting each other as we seek to be representatives of Christ the Lord, in whose name we pray, amen. amen.